Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight I'm joined by Rachel, Liza, Adam, and Tony. Hi, guys. Hey. hey. Howdy. Hi, Chris. Hello. Okay, so we had a big change last week at Disney World. Bob Iger stepped down, and it was kind of abrupt, I think, for people. So we thought we would do a show about our favorite things that happened during his tenure at Walt Disney World. So I'm going to have Tony give us a little bit of introduction, and then we'll all go around and talk about what our favorite things were. Thanks, Chris. Uh, Bob Iger was born in 1951 in New York City. We'll skip all of his early life, but he graduated in 1973 from Ithaca College, magna cum laude with uh, uh, from the School of Communications and a degree in television and radio. He started uh, at the ABC company in 1974. His first job was performing janitorial duties on a television set for $150 a week. Well, I'll tell you, he must have been a heck of a mopper because in 15 years, he was named the head of ABC Entertainment in 1989. Uh, he also served as the president of the television group from 1993 and 94, and then went to senior vice president of Capital Cities ABC. Uh, he was eventually named the COO of ABC's corporate parent, Corporate Cities ABC, in 1994. Uh, in 1996, Capital Cities ABC was purchased by the Walt Disney Company, and Iger remained president there until 1999. In 99, they made him the president of Walt Disney International, uh, as well as chairman of the ABC Group, and uh, that was a promotion for Iger. Uh, and then in 2000, uh, January 2000, he was named the president and chief operating officer of Disney, making him the number two under CEO Michael Eisner. And that was the first time that Disney had a president since Michael Ovitz had left in 1997. During the whole, we don't have to get into the messiness of the end of the Eisner era, um, but there was an effort by Roy Disney uh, to get Eisner replaced. Iger was chosen as the CEO, and uh, he became the CEO in 2005. So Bob Iger remained as the CEO and eventually president, uh, executive chairman of the Walt Disney Company uh, until February of 2020, which is where we are today. But uh, in those 15 years, he did a lot. And uh, I think we're going to talk about our favorite Bob Iger moments, purchases, moves. I know he does a heck of a moonwalk, uh, but there are some Wait a minute. A moonwalk? He does. He's he's a heck of a dancer. (laughs) Okay. Uh, he actually danced uh, at the castle as a youngster in a dance team. Really? No, I, no not at oh. all. I made that. <laughs> okay. Okay. I do have a question before we even go, because, you know, we have to digress and get into the nitty gritty. But I want to know why he started as a janitor. Like, I wonder what was behind that. Was that the only job they would give him? Or is Maybe. that like folklore? Maybe it's that a just... in the door. Yeah, but I mean, back in 1974, if you had a degree, you know, that was kind of not as, not the norm. Like nowadays, I can see plenty of people with bachelor's degrees in a lot of different fields starting as janitors, but not in 74. Like there is something behind that. It's kind of interesting. Maybe you're right. Maybe that was the only maybe way he could his, maybe, Yeah, maybe because his, his major and specialty was specific and there wasn't anything available. I don't know. That's guessing. weird. That's know. weird. You know, I've I've met a few Imagineers, and they all tell the story about how they scooped ice cream before they were ever in Imagineering. But I always wonder, like, was that the college program? Was that one special day? I don't know. Maybe I think, like I think, cleaning. 
<laughs> well, that could be it. But you always hear these stories. Like Disney loves the guy who started out washing dishes at the Contemporary, who becomes the, you know, the president of Walt Disney World. I mean, which is actually true. You know, Iger. The thing about him is people don't. There, people in the industry don't say anything bad about him. Um, he seems very humble. Uh, you know, he he worked in college at a Pizza Hut every night. Oh. Wow. Um, you know, he he does not seem like a guy who was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. No, not at all. You know, you know, you look at a guy like Eisner who, you know, I believe uh I don't know if Eisner was Ivy League, but you know, he came from a really good background. Ithaca College is nothing special. It's not. Okay. You know, it's Thank it's, you it's, to all the listeners from <laughs> Ithaca College. You can think, you can address your concerns with, you know, with Tony. Ithaca, I think we just it, lost we just lost three listeners. Ithaca is right <laughs> next to it's right next to Cornell up in upstate New York. Oh, and okay. and I, what's amazing too is how Iger became the CEO of the biggest media company in the world and didn't have a master's degree. Like he went a four he had yeah, a four year bachelor's. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, and and if you're interested in more of his life story, you can purchase his book, The Ride of a Lifetime, that just came out last year. I own it. I have yet to read it because I never have time to read anything, which is sad. We just but... discussed this the other day. I know. Why don't you just read it in the bathroom like you tweet? I, well, then what am I going to tweet? I. That's a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You could tweet your version of the book. Yeah, and it would be like Cliff Notes, and these would be Adam's tweet notes. I think that's like you could alternate. That's the thing. You could alternate one day tweeting, the next day, Bob Iger. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna go first because I know someone's gonna take this, and I always lose out. So I'm just gonna cheat this time and say mine is Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. I think I I don't. There are things I don't love about it, but I think overall I'm about 99.9 percent happy. So that's mine. Thoughts. Perfect. Feelings. You think it's perfect? I think. I think. Do you do you think Galaxy's Edge was in response to uh, uh, the Harry Potter stuff in Universal? I think Avatar was, and I think you know what I think of it as. Okay, you're a guy, right? And you ask most, this, most of the time. Yes, yeah. and you ask this girl to the prom. Say you're in twelfth grade. You ask this girl to the prom. She's not your first choice, but. You need oh. to take someone, right? So that's Avatar. Disney, Avatar, that's their second choice. Then they get what they really want, which is Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, that's what I think. It's like your second choice, that's what you're going with. And then all of a sudden, your first choice is like, oh, by the way, I'm not shampooing my hair that night because it's the 50s in my scenario. Because <laughs> I got to shampoo and get the roller set once a week. Yeah, exactly, right? No, <laughs> seriously. It's like, that's what I think of it as. Like, they lost out. They lost out on the homecoming queen, but what they really wanted was the prom queen. But instead, they got to get one of those flag twirlers. That's who decided. Avatar's a, hey. fl a flag twirler. Hey, <laughs> I'm a right. flag twirler now. Okay, so Harry Potter is the homecoming queen. Star Wars is the prom queen, and the flag twirler is Avatar. Now they're stuck <laughs> with the flag twirler. Flag now let twirler it, is let really it, angry. Let it be stated that when Avatar came out, when that deal was made, Avatar was the number one movie box office of all time. It was pretty popular, and right. there were plans to do multiple sequels. Well, there uh, are still plans, right? I mean, right, but the original Adam's plan, the original plan was that the first sequel was going to come out at the same time that Pandora opened in Animal yeah. Kingdom. 
Well, okay. They are now like nine years behind schedule on those sequels. Don't they you think really that's are. the strangest thing? Like I noticed Adam put something up on the private Facebook group the other day and it had all these Avatar movies that were scheduled to be shown. It was Avatar 4, Avatar 5. And I'm like, where's Avatar 2? When's that? I guess it's coming out. Well, well they're, they're, they're going to be alternating with Star Wars, alternating in December from like 2022 on, I think. Yeah. Every other year, we're going to get Avatar and then Star Wars. But I, I think it's hilarious that I don't know if you watch Fear the Walking Dead, but the, the guy who was the, the male lead in the in the show uh, left the show because he is uh, part of the Avatar sequels. And now he left the show like two years ago. The sequels aren't going to hit for another three years. I don't think it takes five years to make. But I, I just think that uh, James Cameron, you know, great idea, but he's had a tough time pulling this all together. You know, Why maybe do you think we, that is? I don't know. Oh, you know, Tony. Everyone says he's impossible to work with. Well, I think that's, that's what that's it true. is. Yeah. Everybody says that. He was impossible to work with on building Avatar Land. That's why it took so long. Is that what it was? I he is a control that. freak. Who? That's why he and his wife, you What's know, he name? can't even... James Cameron. And oh, that's has, right, James Cameron. You know, all of his ex-wives or whatever, the one that won the, you know, the tone or Oscar for directing and the Bigelow, other one. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. I mean, just trashed on what a control freak that man is. Well, he did some great movies. I'm just saying Terminator yeah. 2 Judgment Day. He made some very good movies, but <laughs> as far as working with someone else, I don't know how well he works w- with others. And so now when he was just controlling all of his own pro- um, movies, but then right. he signed on with Disney and so that's a whole nother ball game. Oh, He's yeah. He's got to work with them. Well, he did make Point Break, so I can, <laughs> you know. What's the deal? Like, that's like a cult favorite, right? People love that movie. Oh, yeah. because Point Patrick Break Swayze is hot. Is Point he really? Break well, was I've never, really I've good. never I think saw Keanu, it. And then Keanu, Keanu's yeah. in that too. Yeah, I prefer him. Hey, but I have a question back to the Harry Potter thing. So if you get Iger, if you give Iger credit for Avatar and um, Star Wars, then do you give him the blame for losing Harry Potter? Uh, That's a good point. And I was thinking about that when I was talking. I don't know. I heard that Disney just had requirements that she needed to meet in order to work with them. And she refused. Like one of them was apparently, you know, Disney likes big walkways, right? And they like... They're like easy access to, to attractions and things. And she was like, for example, the wand shop over in Hogsmeade is really very small. And Disney wasn't willing to compromise on things like that. She wanted to be authentic. And Disney said, this is what the scuttlebutt always was. I love the word scuttlebutt, by the way. But I don't know that you could blame him. But I think it is interesting. I, I guess we'll never know what really happened. But apparently she just walked out and said, forget it and went with the universal who gave her everything she wanted, but less of what she wanted on the second expansion. Apparently mm. what Chris said is what I heard. They... Yeah, but, no, I understand that part, but I'm asking oh. you. So do you give him the blame for losing it? Um, no, I don't because Disney has, okay. Disney is the leader in themed entertainment and she wrote books Okay, Warner Brothers developed the books into movies. So visually, what we see at the Harry Potter worlds in Universal Studios is really what comes from the the Warner Brothers movies, not from the books. 
almost a clear copy of what you see in the movies. So Disney sees what Warner Brothers did, and they either figure, well, we could recreate this, or we're going to sort of do our own thing because we're the best in the business. This is what we're going to do. This is how much we're going to pay you to do it. It's up to her to say yes or no, and she decided to say no. I don't I don't think they need to I don't I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't think they need to bow down to J.K. Rowling's uh needs cuz they could just go on to the next thing. And yeah, I mean, did they think Universal would blow up with the amount of Harry Potter stuff? Maybe they didn't. But Universal took a chance and it worked out for them and and now Disney has to just keep pushing forward with Star Wars and other things. So I I don't think Disney needed to stoop to J.K. Rowling's needs. I think they do what they do best, and if she didn't want that, then so be it. Go go on to the next person. Yeah, I, I don't think that... I don't blame Bob Iger, uh, because if Disney did get Harry Potter, we never would have gotten Star Wars. I, I agree 100% on that, actually. I don't think we would have ever gotten Star Wars. Maybe, because they're buying everything else, maybe even if they had gotten Harry Potter, but... Oh, I, I, think they, I think they would have because wasn't it Lucas went to them and said, hey, I'm interested in selling this. They didn't go to him. Correct. I, I, I don't know. I, I think I they did. Go, I think they did go to him. Oh, I see. I thought he went to them. No, I don't. I don't ever think he really wanted to sell. But the offer was so good. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. I think as the story goes is when they redid Star Tours in 2010, when they did the, the venture continues. Bob Iger and Lucas, and this is part of what I was going to say in my point, but Bob Iger and Lucas were talking, and Bob told Lucas, if you ever want to sell, call me first, and we'll discuss, because he didn't want, you know, he didn't want to lose out to Universal again, or somebody else. So it's my understanding, yeah, that he offered it to them first, and then they gave him an offer he couldn't refuse, because he was one man who sold the company for, and I have the figure here, $2.2 billion. Not bad. Not bad. I would like two point two billion. And they've made that money multiple times with the amount of money they're making on the movies. Oh yeah, they're making so much money on these Star Wars movies and all of the merchandise. If they get a, <laughs> got to think about all of that stuff that they sell all the time with mm-hmm. Star Wars merchandise. It's a lot. Okay, Adam, you were saying something though about Bob Iger's choice for where he set the story for Galaxy's Edge. Can you talk about that a little bit? It's my understanding from what I've read and heard about that the Batu Galaxy's Edge was originally going to be set in the original trilogy. So episode four, five, and six with Vader and Luke Skywalker. And it was this was prior to them even developing episode seven, The Force Awakens. Okay. As they were develop, as the Imagineers were figuring out what to do with this new Star Wars property and putting it into the parks, and then, my understanding, Bob Arger saw the development of Episode Seven with the new characters and thought that it would make more sense to put that storyline into Batu into Galaxy's Edge than the old stuff, which is why Batu now Galaxy's Edge is set in the timeline specifically of between. Eight, episode 8 and episode 9, which is fine for what it is. My guess is eventually they're going to have to update that because they are planning on doing more Star Wars films. And, and the timeline also kind of doesn't work because in episode 8, Kylo Ren destroys his mask and now 
He's magically got a clean mask. He doesn't have the fixed mask that you see in, spoiler alert, episode 9, he fixes his mask. So it kind of doesn't really even work with the way that they planned it. But, you know, you could argue whether the sequel trilogy, 7, 8, 9, is more or less popular than the original stuff. But, you know, it is what it is. It just, I don't know if that was a good idea or not. I don't know. I mean, they're making a lot of money on the movies. They're making money on some of the products but maybe not all of the new stuff it's hard to tell from the outside i'm torn on the whole galaxy's edge thing i love it uh i think it's great uh much like adam you know i I, well i I think adam doesn't like the timeline i i wish it was more of the original characters i just wish it was a place that we already knew i I don't like i don't like the timeline either like i can't quite connect with it at all I, I don't know what i'm supposed to be seeing to be honest right i do I, I find that it's okay in rise of the resistance i think that makes sense but i i don't know just so I, much of it is unfamiliar and it's kind of unfortunate i think i think if you took ta- uh batu and made it tatooine and the moss eisley spaceport you would have been fine right and that would have been a place to meet you know chewy luke leia you wouldn't have been able to meet uh, ray that's fine. Well, you could you could have met you could have met Ray, but only you would have met the other ones older, right? I mean, that would have worked. Wouldn't that be cool if sixty-five-year-old Ray was like there? No, but what I'm <laughs> saying is, you could have met Ray in her age right now, or you know, when the last film was, and then or somewhere in that time, because the other ones are not alive. But you could have had old Carrie Fisher and old Mark Hamill. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that would have made a lot. That would have made sense, right? I mean, what am I am I missing something? None of this stuff makes sense anyway. Because <laughs> listen, these people die, they come back as a force ghost. I'm already done. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make sense anyway. None of I, it makes sense. Yoda guess, just disappears when he dies. That don't make sense. I mean, so force ghost makes perfect sense, okay? But you know what? Okay, we get it. You don't like Star Wars. That's it's not okay. That I don't like it it's just it's all make-believe anyway so why not put stuff that people really want to see in there Mm, well because people like to have continuity with you know what's the word with their uh people want familiarity they made up up a whole planet they made up a whole planet to put in there so there's no continuity with a made-up planet it's all make-believe anyway so you should let star wars people have their love of star wars though because the thing is you know we have we have expectations going into it, and maybe we don't get those expectations met. No, you know? but I, I love Star Wars, and I agree with Liza. I would much rather give up on this whole timeline story to have my feel of Tatooine. I agree with Tony. I'd rather have Tatooine, and I'd yeah. love to have, like, a job of the hut. And I, it's not going to mess me up one iota if I see job of the hut one second, and then I walk around a corner, and there's Ray. Is that going to make me No, th- I would have a problem with that. I would honestly oh, I have wouldn't. a problem with it. I, I, I you might have a problem, but is it as big of the problem you have now with nothing you can? No, it would be. It would have been a bigger problem, to be honest. Oh, see, it went to me. And, yeah. and I mean, I love Star Wars. Love it. I was yeah. a walk for Halloween. I mean, I still have my Wicked stuffed animal. I love Star Wars. I, 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 I would have just had an issue with that. So. Yeah, but. But I think most people wouldn't like care. I mean, maybe true, like super hardcore, super hardcore, hardcore fans maybe would have been like nerding out about that. But I think the average everyday guest is not even going to give it one thought. 
Well, and, and I mean, let's think about it. You still have three areas of the park that have Star Wars. You know, I mean, that doesn't even make sense. You got to go to what's the place that used to be Animation Courtyard? Mm-hmm. Launch Bay. They got Launch Bay. You can meet Vader. I love the Launch Bay. Bay, by the way. But yeah, you can still see him over it, there. Yeah, it's just not connected in any way. I mean, I don't know. I think you lose a lot of that. And then you've got Star, Star Tours. Tours. Yeah, that's the like the the trees and the all that stuff over there where the Ewoks were, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's set up as just like sort of like a set. That's not set up as a planet, just because the way it is. Cause but it's what, supposed Hollywood. to represent that. Yeah, but it's not like you're... But Galaxy's Edge is like you're on a, another planet, whereas Star Tours in Florida is kind of like almost like a movie set. You're walking... You're seeing because of what Hollywood Studios is in that area. And then, and then of course, Disneyland, it's completely different because it's some kind of, I don't know, spaceport or something in Tomorrowland. I guess that's what they're going yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. Do they still do Space Mountain as hyperspace or whatever in Disneyland? They just they did, they, switched. Yeah, they just did the, it earlier this year. Okay. They just switched back to the normal one now, which I did get to do hyperspace, and I liked it. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, their Space Mountain's great. Yeah, because they did like the, the sounds of all the ships going past you, and, and mm-hmm. Admiral Akbar's voice was in your ear and everything. It was really good. It was a really good job. I don't, I don't know if it would work in a... Star Wars, you know, land. I don't know if it will, but for what that was and what it needed to be, it was it was good. I think we've turned this into the Star Wars show. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. That's I should have no, maybe kept sorry. it for the last, but I was like, I just wanted to get it in there, you know. No, that's um, right. Okay, all right. I'm gonna go to Adam. Tell us what you love about the Iger tenure. Oh gosh, mine was gonna be. More, <laughs> real quick. Mine was going to be the purchase of Star Wars, because we got more movies, right? And we got now the TV stuff because Luke George Lucas was done with Star Wars, and we wouldn't have gotten any more. But Iger bought it, and here we are. So that's good. But uh, I guess I'll skip that. I like Pixar, and I'm kind of glad that they bought Pixar because they had that partnership for a while where they. The Pixar developed Toy Story and Toy Story 2 and A Bug's Life. And Disney was, like, providing story for the movies. And Pixar was doing the animation with the computers. And then there was a time where, because Steve Jobs, believe it or not, if you didn't know, owned Pixar, the guy that did Apple. And uh, there was a time where Disney and Pixar almost had a falling out. And Bob Iger became CEO and... As the story goes, is he noticed that in the parade, one of the parades, all the kids were really liking the Pixar characters in the parades, not necessarily the classic Disney characters. Because at the time, this was 2005, so at the time, Disney was not making great animated movies. They had, like, I don't know the exact order, but they had, like, Home on the Range and... Uh, Brother Bear. Atlantis, Brother Bear, uh. Planet, uh, Treasure Planet. These so were movies bad. that weren't necessarily great, and they didn't translate to the parks really at all. But the Pixar movies were all in the parks. You had the Buzz Lightyear ride. You had uh, Toy Story walk-around stuff. So in his infinite wisdom, Bobby Iger decides to buy Pixar, and now it's all connected, which is great. And 
they can make more sequels on like Monsters Inc. and Toy Story and and other and Incredibles and and I think uh, I think that was really good because Pixar animation is incredible and Disney storytelling Disney's always been great at telling stories so you put them together and you get some really good movies and now we're gonna get some TV stuff for Disney Plus so I think that was a really really good idea for him to uh, purchase that okay. Any thoughts on that? I just I think I think that Adam could have gone uh, along with you, Chris, and said that his favorite thing was buying Star Wars, because I'm sure that, <laughs> you know, some of his reasons and your reasons are completely different. So mm-hmm. I don't think that we need to be mutually exclusive to each other. Right. Yeah, I just I didn't want to keep going with Star Wars, too. It was kind of getting a lot. Well, it was more than we thought, right? Because yeah. we could probably do like umpteen shows about Star Wars because we all have like strong feelings about it. I agree with you on Pixar. I, I love the movies, of course. I think everyone does. And Adam, you mentioned before we started recording that, you know, everybody is so connected to those movies. Even if you are like a grandparent, seeing your grandkids love those movies and then going up and being able to enjoy them in the park, whether it's out in Cars Land or, you know, Monsters Incorporated out in Disney or California Adventure, or even more extraordinary is probably Toy Story Land, I think is phenomenal. In some ways, I connected more to that than I did to Galaxy's Edge, to be honest. So I, although the bathroom is really stinky, I'm just going to say Toy Story no Land bathroom. I just, it's the worst bathroom. Anyway, Isn't that's beside the point. It really is. It's just terrible. I, all the, all the toddlers, mm. they can't help it. They're, you know, they're everywhere. But anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I, I love, I love it. And so I, I, I have to agree. I think that's another amazing thing. So. Okay, um, who's next? Let's go to Rachel. Okay, well, I, I was going to go with Pixar. Oh and my gosh. Thank you, Adam, for taking it. Sorry. One thing that I have found interesting just in the past couple of months, because um, Iger was on a media tour, and this kind of happened beforehand with ABC. But then, um, anyway, I'm, I'm talking about his relationship with Ellen DeGeneres. And okay. I don't know, when you say Iger, that's what I think about. Because I found it fascinating. I don't know if you saw, he recently went on her show and they talked about how they worked together when her show with her coming out on the show happened because he was the head of ABC then. And, you know, there was some friction at some points during that, but then Disney gets Pixar. Nemo had already come out, but then he, she and he already had that relationship. And, you know, she advocated to get Finding Dory made and has really been involved with um, numerous aspects of Disney, I feel. And so I don't know. I just, I think that role he played in changing our culture to, for what I feel the better, to me, that's what I appreciate. Wow, that is wow. something Aww. I did not know about. That's a really amazing point. Yeah. Now, there and was that- some controversy back then though because he was the one that made the decision to put on that episode this may not be family there was a family quote you know there was a warning about those couple of episodes but he still said go for it and he could have made the ultimate call not to that's pretty impressive well and disney's a pretty progressive company yes so i i think that you know, he goes from ABC to another really progressive company. I think that's pretty amazing that I, but I didn't know anything about this story. So that's. Right, and, and Disney owned ABC at that time, correct? Right. Uh, they purchased ABC like 96, 97. Yes. So they owned it then. 
Yeah, and if you don't remember, and I know Adam doesn't, but the rest of us probably do. If you don't remember that time, it was it was very daring for the time, you know. Oh, and, and it ruined her career for a while, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, you know, Nemo helped revive her career. That and the talk show, and then you just see what a loving person she is, and what good she does for people. And I just. I don't know, you know, what role did Disney help play in helping her revive her career so that she can make a difference in others' lives? Right. That's a really good point. And don't forget, she was in one of the greatest rides of all time, Ellen's Energy Adventure. She was in Ellen's Energy Adventure. That was, uh, poor Ellen. You know, I love Ellen, though. That was the best nap in the park. Not really. They made those seats so uncomfortable. It was just almost impossible. I'm sorry, but the best nap is Carousel of Progress. You no. are exactly right, Chris Wood. 100% right. No, I'm going to argue. And this is going to be bad. And I don't mean it. I'm patriotic. This but needs oh, to be another oh, show. Yeah. Oh, this yeah, is a show topic. I know where you're going. The American Adventure in Epcot. Yes. I can't get past the thought that for some reason they said Mark Twain and Benjamin Franklin were in the same room together having a conversation. I just get stuck there. and oh, It's timeless. It's like Star Wars. It's timeless. She can't believe that, says the woman who dresses up as an Ewok. <laughs> yes. Right? Well, oh, that's pretty darn funny. They make those seats really cushiony, and then it gets real dark in there, and then you're like, hmm. Uh, music with it. It's kind of like, oh. oh. yeah. Cannonball don't pay no mind. All right, well, let's, I let's, actually let's... love that attraction, by the way. I try to get my kids to go in. They're like, no. It is good. It's good. <laughs> All right, well, we, I... should, we should table this discussion. Adam, put that down on the list of potential topics for best ride or attraction naps. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. That's a good one. Okay, Liza, what is your happy Bob Iger thing? Don't say well, Starbucks. Do not I like say it. Starbucks. He's got a good smile. Um, Didn't we discuss earlier that you would be willing to be his third wife? No, <laughs> sure, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, he has a good picture here. It's you know he looks better in some photos than others. Have but, you seen you him know, in a cardigan? Okay. He stayed pretty trim for a yeah. man of sixty-nine years old. I'm going to say that. Great. Looks yeah. fantastic. Okay, well, it's really. A toss-up. You know, I know he was... I don't like the movie Avatar, but I love that ride in Avatar Land. But then, I don't really... I'm not wowed by the land at night. So it's kind of like, hmm... You know, it's supposed to be better, I think, than it was. I don't know. But I love that ride. I love that ride in there. And he was, you know, CEO whenever that went on. And he also did help bring back the Disney animation... That's nice. I wish they would have done more than a bathroom for her tangled. Yeah, I have to agree. Like sometimes I go there and I feel guilty for enjoying it so much because it's just a bathroom. But it's (laughs) it's definitely the most well-themed bathroom on property. Again, another bathroom that gets a lot of traffic. Not always the freshest. And not like the Epcot one in Norway. Yeah, it gets way too much traffic. But it it you know he did do that, and I love Moana. I really think the music in that movie is just some of the best i love right. it i love the casting and that and how they um well of course dwayne the rock johnson's in it so of course it's gonna be good yeah moana's fantastic i love that i'm looking forward to the new stuff that's coming out and he was actually 
there when they started announcing all of that. So that's good. The expansions and how everything's expanding and growing in the parks. I'm really happy about that. I guess that's all I have to say about Bob Iger. Bob Iger, you can look me up on good Facebook. Good idea. You're on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, you can you can just look me up and uh, you know. You got to do Twitter because he's big on the Twitter. Is he on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, I'm a friend him. Or follow you know, him. I hear he twitters from the bathroom. <laughs> does he really? But does he, he does. eat in there? Does he snack in the bathroom? I doubt it. Can you imagine he must have like a huge bathroom? Just as an aside. Oh. He probably has a bathroom got... bigger than like most in people's house. Off of his office, right? In his hotel. I bet all of his chairs have like some kind of trigger that you can push that makes it a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> What? Okay. I like it. Not I mean, he's really. so rich. It doesn't matter. He's like, you know what? I can orchestrate anything <laughs> anywhere that I want. I'm worth like $680 million. You just made him sound like Dr. Evil. Yes. Oh my gosh. I Yeah. And he puts his Where up. are the sharks with laser beams? <laughs> I want to put those in Epcot. And the new Moana ride. Maybe that's why he's not here anymore. Maybe they fired him because he was like, I need the laser beans with the sharps. And he was like, no. He so. puts his pinky up. Didn't you hear? I'm worth $680 million. Oh. I don't know. If I was, but you know what? At 69, it shouldn't be surprising that he's leaving his job that's probably like super high stress, right? Like there was a lot of speculation. We won't go into that because that's not what we do. But there's a lot of speculation all over the Twitter, tw- the tweets, whatever Adam calls them. You and know he's got heated toilet seats. <laughs> there's a lot of speculation. But, you know, I mean, the guy's seven or 69 years old. He probably just wants to hang out. You know, maybe he's got some grandkids. I don't know. He's got like four kids. There's got to be a grandkid. He in there wants stuff. to hang out in his bathroom. Darn it. The floors are heated. The towels are heated. It's that's nice my cozy fantasy. in there. My fantasy is heated bathroom floors, but that's beside the point. Okay. I'm going to finish this up somewhat dignified with Tony. Go ahead, Tony. Suppose uh, now you- I said Somewhat. I was going to say you've chosen the wrong person for that. You know, <laughs> in, in looking back at the career of Bob Iger with Disney, uh, there are a couple things that were missed. That was the one of the big deals was the Fox Disney purchasing the Fox assets in 2019. Uh, that gives them a lot of films uh, in their library now, which some of them are slowly making their way onto Disney Plus. Disney Plus is another point of uh, Bob Iger's tenure. Um, bringing them into the digital streaming age. But the one move, my, my favorite, and that is the purchase of Marvel. Um, oh, I forgot about that one. Marvel was purchased in 2012, 2009 uh, for $4 billion. And just to put that in perspective, they purchased the entire company for $4 billion. They've put out 23 films and the top Two films have already made $4.7 billion just on their own. The 23 films have made $22.6 billion across the world. So if you just take into account their movies, that deal has come back fivefold, you know, to to their pocketbook. Um, Then you add the comic books and, you know, other ancillary items. I'm sure they've reaped more than that. So that was a great deal. Um, unfortunately, we don't get any characters uh, in the uh, in Disney World uh, over here on the East Coast, um, but we do have the Avengers Campus coming to Paris 
uh, Disney's California Adventure and Hong Kong. I think Hong Kong. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. Uh, they've already got a couple rides over there and all of the campuses are supposed to be interconnected. So as much as I am a Star Wars fan and have been a Star Wars fan since 1977, I have been a comic book fan since 1976. So Ooh. my life as a comic book fan exceeds my life as a Star Wars fan um, because we've had some gaps in the Star Wars years. You know, comic books have been continually in my life now for 43 years. So I've got to say I'm a bigger Marvel fan and appreciate that that business deal a lot more. So uh, that is my favorite Bob Iger business deal. I have a question. When you say those lands are connected, what do you mean by that? So they're all Avengers campuses. Um, they are tying them together. And if what I'm reading is correct in the rumors, in 2022, when they put the e-ticket attraction in California, which is going to be an Avengers Quinjet ride, uh, you're supposed to be Quinjetting to some of the other campuses. Okay. Uh, oh, you know, wow. it, it's it, it's a virtual connection that they're, you know, it's not like you're really taking a Quinjet over to Paris. That's disappointing. Yeah. Well, who knows? what okay. 2022, you might be able to. That is oh, true. yeah. Well, I'm going to have a flying car by then. Exactly. So I have a question. Okay. And this is related to that since we're so off topic anyway. Anybody know when the projected opening date for the Marvel campus in Disneyland is? Summer 2020. Oh, see, right after wish... right after Space 220 opens. How about that? <laughs> I really wish because I'm going to be out there like in early June and I, I'm just going to kill me to see it and not be able to, you know, I have to make a trip back out there. OK. All right. I think that's it for tonight. Unless anyone else has any kind of you know, kind send off for Bob Iger. Oh. Should we sing a song? I don't I know. I have something. I have something. Okay, go ahead. So there's pictures of Bob. He was big and he was very fashionable. And uh, one of his signatures was a cardigan. So the day after he, he Wait left... a minute, a cardigan? I'm going to tell you something right now, Adam, and you yes. might need to know this. And then you can continue. Okay. A man in a cardigan is never going to be fashionable. Well, you haven't, have you seen him in a cardigan? I have, although I do think he tailors his shirts because his shirts are always fitted very nicely. But the wow. cardigan is not happening. Okay, continue, please. I'm sorry. Well, I I like a cardigan. I have I a lot of them. Am, no, wait a minute. You have a lot of cardigans? Yeah. No. I have like about like you, probably seven. And do you wear them to work? Yeah. Are there young ladies at work? No. <laughs> There's not, there aren't. There might be, but you don't know because they never come by your desk. They're like, oh, there's Adam wearing a cardigan. Cancel that one. Uh, okay. Tony, do you have cardigans? I do not. See? Tony doesn't have a cardigan. But He's I an old you, man. I can tell you that Bob Iger <laughs> is my second favorite cardigan-wearing person. Oh, and who's number one? Oh, I know. Uh, Fred Rogers. Yeah. Okay, I can see that, but still. <laughs> Fred Rogers was eighty years old. <laughs> anyway, he wore cardigans a lot, and the day after, I wore a cardigan in memory of Bob Iger, and I put it on the Twitter, and people liked the tweet, and they appreciated it. So, although Why you guys he... might not like it, I'm I looking it. for the. I'm looking at this, and he is. He's in a cardigan like nonstop. Yeah. He was big, and because I think, I wonder if because Walt was pictured in his later years of wearing a lot of cardigans as well, and uh, and Walt unfortunately passed away. I think at like 
60 something, 65, 65 66. 66, yeah. Yeah, and then Bob Iger's 69 and, you know, just, you know, stopped as CEO. And just so we are clear, he is still with the company through at least the end of next year right. as the chairman. And he said in interviews since this has all happened that he will be staying on as a creative sort of lead. So he's going to be more on creative side and let. Bob Chapek, who is now the CEO, he who used to run Parks and Resorts, Consumer Products, etc., let him do the day-to-day operations. And I think the idea is so that Bob can, you know, help Bob. <laughs> There's two Bobs. Iger can help Chapek along with the creative side going forward. Because Disney is not just a business selling products. They are a creative company that has to create new stories, new stuff all the time. And if your leader is not going to be into that, he's got to, he or she has to figure that out very quickly. Otherwise, it's going to be rough. So that's what made Walt so special because he was very creative. Eisner was also very creative. Iger, I think, wasn't as creative to start, and he had to figure it out as quickly, and he did. And so now the same thing with Chapek. So it'll be interesting how things move forward with the company. Okay. I have a quick question. So... Iger plays a role in the um, Golden Mickey's on the Disney Wonder sh- in, on the Disney Wonder. There's a show, and he's involved in it. Is he involved with any other attraction where he he makes an appearance on video or something well, that they'll on. have let, to change? Let let me tell you that the minute that news came out, I looked at Cheryl and I was like, "Oh my God, what are they going to do with the Golden Mickey's? Are they going to suspend them? Because he's no longer the CEO." But before the Bob Iger version. Uh, that role was done by Whoopi Goldberg before Bob was the CEO. So I wonder if they are going to fall back to the uh, Whoopi version uh, until they can get Chapek to cut uh, his video for that. Oh, boy. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Bob Iger does not appear in any attractions that I know of. He even Not even like Walt Disney Presents, he doesn't even appear in that. That's at Hollywood Studios. He, what my understanding though with Disney Plus, there was the series that was called One Day at Disney. That was his big, you know, he pushed for that to be made. And obviously, he's the boss, he could have anything made if he wanted to. So, he was big with that. Uh, My guess is he's going to want that to continue and other creative things, especially for Disney Plus streaming, because that is that was the last, you know, big thing that he's working on. And, uh, and that's all falls on creative because Disney Plus, as it goes forward, is going to need to make more of its own content in order for people to keep subscribing to. And, and it'll be interesting, uh, you know, how that continues to move on and who takes charge of that. And if Bob Iger stays on that and, or if he lets somebody else take over, who knows? Okay, I'm going to turn it over to Tony. Excellent. Thank you, Chris. I hope everyone enjoyed this Bob Iger retrospective this evening. He's definitely going to be missed. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the future holds something great for Bob Chapek as well. And maybe in 15 years, we'll be doing a, a reminiscence about his tenure. Uh, so if you are looking... Yeah, I know, right? That's deep. So if you're looking to travel, remember to patronize our show sponsor, Main Street and More Travel. You can head on over to their website, Main Street and More Travel, request a quote, and let Chris connect you with the right agent for your needs. As always, we are on Facebook under the Mouse and More podcast group. We have our Twitter feed and our Instagram handle. So on behalf of Chris, Liza, Rachel, Adam, and myself, Tony, 
We are the Mouse and More Podcast. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.